VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show today, and I have to tell you a little secret. This will be the first time in history that I've been able to do this show where I am seated the entire time. Usually I'm walking around, you know, 100 miles an hour while I'm doing this show, but I had a little accident and have a broken leg. So I am definitely going to be in one position through the show today. And, you know, here's the thing about this. I already have epilepsy and I have a hearing loss. But, boy, just being in a wheelchair for a few weeks gives me already, although I already understand it, but that real-life experience with all those stupid things that many of you go through every day of your life. And uh, believe me, it's going to be someone's worst day whenever I'm going places and they're parked in accessible parking. Well, today is a great day for me because, as you know, we've had so many great guests. We've had President Bush's sister. We've had Alan Fanica. We've had Congressman Hoyer. We've had several famous mystery authors. But this show today really gets to the heart and soul of everything that I believe in. And, and it is truly a treat and an honor for me to have with me an American that is really the person in the United States working to lead the change for people with epilepsy, and that would be the president and chief executive officer of the Epilepsy Foundation, who, I must tell you, is working hard every single day to bring quality of life to Americans, including Americans with epilepsy, Welcome to the show, Eric Hargis. Oh, thank you very much, Joyce. Well, it is a real treat for me to have you on the show with us because I know Eric very well from uh, being on the board, and I can tell you that you know he is in the midst of doing so much to try to help change the way people think about people with epilepsy. But, Eric, since we have listeners throughout the world, how about if you take a moment first to let everyone know how you first became involved with the Epilepsy Foundation, but I want everyone to know, you've been involved in disability, you know, prior to that, so maybe you can even talk about what you did before. Oh, certainly. I'd be happy to, Joyce. And by the way, uh, I really want to first express my appreciation for you highlighting uh, epilepsy on the show today. I know we're both dedicated to everything we can do to bring this condition out of the shadows, and uh, highlighting on your show is extremely important. And that's actually, that issue is one of the things that, that really got me motivated and involved in the uh, epilepsy community. As you mentioned, I've uh, I've worked with um, uh, helping people with chronic uh, uh, diseases or conditions uh, my, my entire Career, I worked uh, in both the um, in both the diabetes and the uh, arthritis community, and was actually serving the uh, Arthritis Foundation in the 90s. And I was approached by a woman I think you knew very well, uh, Jeannie Carpenter, who was at that time was a chair of the board of directors and several other board members, um, uh, asking me if uh, if I could join the epilepsy community and serve as the uh, as the CEO for the organization. And you know, unfortunately, like a lot of Americans at that time, I I didn't know a lot about uh, epilepsy, and I didn't know the extent um, of the uh, the reach or some of the issues that so many people with epilepsy face. And Jeannie and others did such a great job of making me aware, not only of the condition, but of the of the opportunity. We're talking about the oldest 
medical condition known to humankind, which was first described by the Babylonians more than 3,000 years before Christ, and yet still surrounded by so much mystery, ignorance, and fear. And what struck me in those conversations is there really is a lot that we can accomplish together on both the awareness and education front as well as on the research front. So I was pleased in um, 1998 uh, to uh, uh, join the Epilepsy Foundation as the CEO. Uh, that was a, uh, a great move for me uh, personally, and I think together with members of the board and our volunteers throughout the country, we've been able to accomplish a great deal. Well, you certainly have an area we're very happy to, to have you and for you to have joined us. And I think it is important for everyone to realize that Eric did spend, you know, as he mentioned, a great portion of his career before this working with chronic uh, disabilities. And why I'm bringing that up is, as you will see as we, you know, move on in the show, even if you've worked with other disabilities, epilepsy is so different to so many people, and it really is because of this stigma and fear and lack of understanding uh, you know, that is attached with it. I know it is an honor for me to serve on the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. And, and again, Eric, I thank you for your leadership as our leader. Um, but, again, for our listeners, just so they know more about the Epilepsy Foundation, I want them to have an idea of the size of the foundation and even the number of affiliates. And by affiliates, for those listening to the show, I'm meaning in your town, in your city. You have an epilepsy office you can go to with people there to help you, which we refer to as affiliates or chapters. Could you talk about that for a minute, Eric? Oh, certainly. And, Joyce, as you know, our organization is committed to being what we would call uh, nationwide in scope but local in, in impact. So we have a national organization that is working on issues such as communication, advocacy, supporting research. But then we have 53 um, affiliates uh, around the country. For those uh, listeners who are not familiar with how oftentimes health agencies are structured, it would be sort of like um, a, a franchise where it's a, um, a it's a local organization, but we all work to, together in a synergistic fashion so that in the community there are specific services and programs that are, that are really appropriate for people in the community, but working together, it's uh, the uh, nationwide scope and strength. The organization size, if we look at it in, in, terms, of, in terms of budget combined, is about, is about $70 million. Now, that may sound like uh, a lot of money until you start to think about the extent and the scope of, of the problem. Uh, some of the early research suggests there are more than uh, 3 million um, uh, Americans who have epilepsy, more than 50 million uh, people worldwide. And the cost, uh, the cost to our country is in the, is greater than, greater than $12 billion. So to some degree, it's a small organization taking on a very big problem. And that's one of the reasons why we have to work collaboratively with, with, with government, with for-profit organizations, with other nonprofits so that, you know, we combine our strength because as I said, it's a, a very big problem. And while 70 million may sound like a lot of money when you start talking about the extent of epilepsy, it's really a drop in the bucket. It is. It is really a drop in the bucket because I'm going to tell you, when, when we say there's 3 million known, you know, here I am. I'm a person with epilepsy, but I can tell you how many times have I gone somewhere when after I speak or after I disclose that I have epilepsy, that someone will say, you know what, I've never talked about this or I've never told anyone this. You know, and I, I always say I'm, I'm sure it's larger than the number that they even think that it is, but... Um, it is staggering the cost 
to our country, and that's why when you're listening to the show, remember, this show, I want you to really pay attention. You've been great listeners. I appreciate your support, your email, everything you're doing, but this really hits me hard, right to the heart, and I really hope that you're going to help us before this show ends. One way you can help us is I am so excited. I've got to talk about this right now because we are having in Washington, D.C., at, at the mall, our first ever national walk, and it is coming up this weekend, March 31st. I mean, and again, we're trying to bring attention in the United States to this is epilepsy. Eric, could you talk about that for a little bit? And even if you could mention people listening to the show right now, if they want to get involved or, you know, if they want to send a donation, how could they do that? Oh, certainly. This is a very big event. As you mentioned, it's the first ever National Walk for Epilepsy, although I have to say in the in the case of our uh, our host here, this could be the uh, the National Role for Epilepsy because uh, Joyce is a participant, and unfortunately due to the accident she mentioned earlier, uh, will be participating, but I think you're going to have to be uh, rolling along the course. That is right. Um, but you're certainly not going to be alone. Right now uh, there are there are several thousand um, people in the area who have uh, who have signed up to walk, and many more have signed up for what we're calling the uh, the virtual walk, and I'll explain a little bit more about that um, in a minute. You know, the reason this is, is particularly important is what we were talking about before in terms of stigma. You know, I know listeners are saying, well, you know, walks aren't unusual. We see them in our community, and there's a walk for this cause or for that cause. But epilepsy has been kept in the shadows for so long, and we're very, very excited about really making a statement in the nation's capital for the first time ever to have thousands of people uh, out on the mall it's a great time to do it. It's the first day of the cherry blossom season, so we're expecting, you know, beautiful, beautiful weather. But to have thousands of people with the Epilepsy Foundation um, logo out making a statement uh, to increase awareness uh, throughout our community as well as members of Congress, raise a lot of money for research and, um, and education programs. Now, the, uh, as you said, the date is fast approaching. It's this Saturday, the 31st. Uh, for for some of your listeners who can um, who are in or can come to the Washington area, uh, certainly plenty of time uh, to register. Uh, if they could go to the website, which is Walk for Epilepsy. That's Walk and then F O R. Don't use the numeric for Walk for Epilepsy dot org, uh, and can register for the walk. Now, I know that many of your listeners uh, here in the United States or around the world can't get to Washington, D.C., but if they'd love to uh, support the walk, they can sign up as a virtual walker. And what they'll see there is that they can do the walk in their community. We certainly encourage people to, you know, to get out and walk uh, or, or roll or however they can get around the community. But if not, simply signing up and making a donation or making a pledge uh, as a virtual walker. And what you'll see is there's a map, and we're trying to literally enlighten the world about epilepsy. And as more people sign up for the virtual walk, they'll see on the website how that light is is growing brighter. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can certainly support uh, the epilepsy community by participating in the walk. We're extremely excited. This is already the largest fundraising event in the history of the Epilepsy Foundation. We have a number of days yet to go, and we're going to try to make things even bigger and better. And also, uh, Eric, we have... Uh, an entertainer that's going to be there? 
Uh, well, the uh, the chair uh, the chair for the uh, for the walk is uh, is Greg Grunberg. Um, listeners may know him from the uh, NBC uh, hit show uh, Heroes, where he plays a um, um, a policeman who has um, on the show the characters. These are ordinary people who develop uh, sort of superpowers, and uh, they also may remember Greg from his role on uh, on Alias. This has been a, a very big show for for NBC. Greg is a longtime supporter of the epilepsy community. His son, uh, his son Jake, uh, has epilepsy, and we really applaud the way uh, Greg has um, has been um, uh, open. You know, he doesn't uh, he doesn't allow epilepsy to hold his son back. His son participates in Little League and a lot of other activities, and it's. It's really a model for how we hope parents will encourage, you know, their children to, you know, not hide the condition, uh, be open, be honest, and participate fully in all these experiences that life has to offer. Yeah, that is tremendous, and I, I really, my, my congratulations, my hat is off to you, Greg, because yeah, you really are a hero. Because you know, we do you're, have. You're, um, you're doing something. One other individual who's going to be uh, joining us, many of your listeners may be familiar with the story uh, about the young man who had a seizure and fell in front of a uh, subway train in New York. Well, you know and what? We'll talk about that as soon certainly. as we come back. Great, Because thanks. I want them to hear that whole story for the first time correctly. Uh, you're listening to Joyce Bender. We have as our guest Eric Hargis, the president and CEO of the National Epilepsy Foundation. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Voiceamerica.com, your news talk information radio network. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. 
So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. I am with Eric Hargis, the President and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation. And you know, I am so excited about this show because... I have epilepsy. I've dedicated my life to the area of employment, but I obviously have my heart and soul in epilepsy, and I am just so honored to have uh, Eric with us on the show today. And right before we went to break, if you just joined us, we were talking about the walk. We're having a walk this Saturday in Washington, D.C., Walk for Epilepsy, a national walk that you can still join if you go to Walk for Epilepsy, even if you aren't in Washington, you can still go and be a virtual walker, and I would really appreciate your support. And Eric had mentioned Greg Grumberg is going to be there from the show Heroes. And who else is going to be with us, Eric? Well, we've invited, uh, and will be joining us, um, uh, Wesley Autry. Um, listeners may may remember he uh, he was highlighted in President Bush's uh, State of the Union address. He's the gentleman in New York who was... Um, uh, with his daughter on the subway platform, and he saw a young man have a seizure, and he went to his system, and when the young man got up and was disoriented, uh, he fell on the um, uh, onto the subway tracks just as a train was coming in. And, you know, Mr. Mr. Autry um, dove down on top of him, literally pushed him down between the tracks and stayed on top of him as the train went over. And in fact, it was so close that your listeners may remember that a grease from the subway train is was literally on the stocking cap that Mr. Autry was wearing. So uh, truly, while we have a you know an actor from uh, the show Heroes, this is a true American hero who really um, uh, saved a life there in New York. One of the things that Mr. Autry certainly learned from the experience, like so many Americans, he was under the impression that if someone is having a seizure, you need to put something in their mouth. And that is a myth that is just absolutely wrong. It's something that we're trying hard to dispel, but it's been so ingrained, so many people think that's what they're supposed to do. It's really important from a first aid standpoint. If you see someone having a seizure, you don't put anything in their mouth that can actually harm them. Uh, the important thing to do is stay calm. The person is on the ground, gently roll them on their side. Make sure that you remove any objects that they might harm themselves if they're around water or objects that could that could injure them. Uh, there's no need to call 911 unless the seizure uh, lasts for more than five minutes. In almost every case, the seizure is going to end on its own. The person may be uh, disoriented when the seizure ends. Stay there. Be comforting. But the important thing is you don't have to put anything in their mouth. Just make sure the person is safe and comfortable and the seizure ends on its own. Yeah, and I, first of all, I want to say, too, about Wesley, he is the real deal when it comes to being a hero. So I am really, really excited that we're going to have him at the walk this Saturday in Washington, D.C., for the National Epilepsy Foundation. But you know what, Eric, I'm so glad you talked about this because I have uh, tonic seizures and I fall to the ground and I'm unconscious, and although I do not have a convulsion, which remember, if you're listening to the show, there are many types of seizures. Not everyone falls to the ground at all. In my case, I do, and I am 
very rigid, and you know, sometimes my eyes open, and um, I do not have a convulsion. There are people that do have a convulsion. But then there are people that could just be seated looking as if they're staring off into space, having an absence seizure. You know, there can be people walking around looking confused, having a complex partial seizure. There are many, many, many different types of seizures. But so many people I meet, even to this day, think you should put uh, a stick or a spoon or something in the person's mouth. And, you know, my husband almost lost his finger from doing this the first time I had a seizure when we didn't even know that I had epilepsy. So, you know, listen to what Eric's telling you. It's not necessary. I always tell people, by the time the seizure's over, it's worse for you than it is for me. You know, people get so terrified the first time. I understand because it's something different they haven't seen before. But, you know, after you've been around a person, you know, you, you do understand. And, and that is why education is so important, which brings me um, to my next point, which is our biggest problem for people with epilepsy, Eric, which is stigma. I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit because I don't know if people realize how potent the stigma is for people with epilepsy. Oh, Joyce, absolutely. You know, so many families tell me that the only thing that's, that's worse than the seizure itself is the reaction sometimes of, of friends and, and, and colleagues. You know, there's, there's really two factors at, at play here. First, we have to recognize kind of the historic roots of epilepsy. As I mentioned, you know, this is the oldest condition known to humankind, first described by the Babylonians more than 3,000 years before Christ. Um, and so for a lot of years, there were uh, spiritual, you know, factors um, uh, attributed to uh, to epilepsy, whether it was demonic possession in some areas, then there are some parts of the world where uh, people feel that you know very positive and uh, and good spirits enter the body. The bottom line, it is not a spiritual condition. This is a um, this is an electrical um, condition, you know, in the brain. This is a medical condition, just like just like any other. But we do have to realize that there's all the all the kind of um, mystique surrounding the condition because of the historical roots. You know, you don't have to go too far away from from our offices here up in New Jersey. You can still visit where there was a um, what they called a home for epileptics. Even you know, in the 1920s, people with uh, you know with epilepsy who were shut away from society and put in and put in homes. Today, the, I think the bigger issue is is really simply you know um, ignorance. People are naturally afraid of things they don't understand, and as you mentioned, seeing a seizure can be you know can be frightening, and so. Um, there is the the stigma that comes from uh, you know the fear that people may have the negative reactions they have, and then it's also a vicious cycle because of that. You know, so many parents tell their children, you know, don't let anyone at school know, you know, don't let your friends know, and you know, we would call these these people, you know, while it's well-meaning, they're they're really stigma coaches. They're they're telling their child that they have something something bad, and and they don't. They have a medical condition. Other children have asthma. Other other children might have diabetes, and the important thing is to be to be open and honest. This is a medical condition like anything else. But unfortunately, when something is, is kept in the, in the closet like that and it's surrounded by this historical myth, then you combine that with, with ignorance today, um, it, is, um, it is so difficult for so many people you know, to talk about because they're afraid um, the reaction their friends might have, they're afraid their, their employer 
um, you know, so many people with uh, epilepsy capable of full employment are, are unemployed, and so much of that is simply due to the stigma of the condition. So we think the important thing, more than anything else, is to bring this condition out of the shadows, make it a um, to get you know national attention and national dialogue, um, and I think that will move us light years forward in terms of addressing the stigma. Oh, I think it will too, because my most recent example of this is I when I. How what happened to me? I was in Utah on a one-week ski vacation, and the very last day I was going home, I had an accident and fell down steps. It wasn't skiing. That's how I broke my leg. And so when I had to get on the plane, you know, my family was nervous because here I I only had a splint on. I didn't get the cast on until I came back here to Pittsburgh to to my to the doctors, you know, that I knew here, and you know, so I get on the plane and you know the. We're really nervous, hope everything's going to be okay. And, you know, they're very accommodating until it's mentioned, and, oh, by the way, Joyce has epilepsy. Oh, forget about the broken leg. They're not worried about (laughs) what could happen or if I'd have a blood clot or what it could be. They were only worried about the epilepsy. And, you know, they would flight attendants would come back to me and say, are you okay? And they weren't talking about my leg. And that is how it is. You know, there is this stigma. There's this fear, you know, that, you know, as soon as you say you have epilepsy, the person envisions you having a seizure right before their eyes and, and then, you know, whatever all is attached with that. And at our foundation, we are doing so much work in this area to break down stigma, but we're also doing a lot of research in this area. Can you talk about some of the research we've been doing, Eric? Oh, absolutely. This is a, you know, Joyce, this is an incredibly exciting time. In fact, right before the walk, there's going to be a conference here in Washington sponsored by the National Institutes of Health uh, called the Conference on the Cure, where scientists from around the world are coming together to saying, you know, what's been the progress, what are the benchmarks that we've been shooting for, and what are the next steps, what are we going to do to, to you know, to bring an end to this condition? And... Um, I don't think there's ever been a time that's been this exciting, uh, you know, for research. Just a couple of the really promising areas, you know. For years, so much of the science only focused on what happened in the brain during a seizure, not recognizing the importance of, you know, time leading up to that. But as you have uh, patients who have been in a hospital being uh, evaluated for, for surgery, you have reams and reams of EEG data about what is going on in, in their brain prior to the seizure. And so for the first time, science is looking at, you know, what are the predictable patterns that says that a seizure is going to occur. And so there's the real likelihood of being able to have a device that would actually predict when the seizure is going to occur. Imagine if people could have a watch that would beep and say, okay, in two minutes you're going to have a seizure. Or, uh, so it's not only the ability to predict, but then when you know both when and where it's going to occur, the ability to, whether that is with uh, electric spike or with a small amount of medication, go in and stop that seizure from happening. You know, the treatments today, the medications uh, for many people are effective, but it's sort of like I use the example of saying it's like there's a fly on the wall and you want to kill it, but you use a bazooka to do it. You know, you get the job done, but there's a lot of collateral damage. You're literally, with today's drugs, you're in some ways um, slowing down and anesthetizing not only the brain but the entire body, 
when what we really have to deal with is a small focal point in the brain on a fairly um, you know infrequent basis. And if we know when the seizure is going to occur and we can intervene, this could be uh, this could be a huge step forward in research. So that's certainly a promising area that that we've been investing in and supporting. You know that is so. That one quote you gave, Eric, is so absolutely perfect. To any of those listening to the show that have epilepsy, that have gone in, and yes, you've received medication so that you won't have a seizure, but you're so over-medicated that you're like a zombie. Isn't that that fly on the wall with the bazooka? So true, those words are. And we'll talk more to Eric. We're going to go to break, and we'll be right back. You're listening our leader of the Epilepsy Foundation, the president and CEO, Eric Hargis. This is Joyce Bender on Voice America, where disability does matter. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We have as our guest today Eric Hargis, the President and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation. And I believe we have a caller on the line. Tony, are you on the line? I sure am, Joyce. Well, Tony Quello is the chair, chairman of the board of the Epilepsy Foundation. Thank you for calling. How no, are you, Tony? No problem. I'm just listening in. I agree wholeheartedly what Eric has uh, said and is doing. Uh, 
I think that uh, obviously that stigma is the big issue, of course, not just with epilepsy, but with a lot of medical conditions. And as we have just seen in the last week, uh, uh, what uh, Elizabeth Edwards has been going through, that uh, people immediately assume that uh, she should go into a closet and her husband should join her and they shouldn't live a normal life. That's a, that's a stigma of the nth degree. And uh, they're courageous by saying, uh, we're going to live life. Uh, those of us with epilepsy basically uh, want to be able to do the same thing. We want to be able to, to live our life. We want to be able to work. We want to be able to function just like anybody else. But watching uh, what uh, Elizabeth and John Edwards have been going through, I think those of us with epilepsy uh, realize what a lot of people in public are trying to uh, put them through. And... I admire them greatly and admire her in particular for fighting back and saying, uh, uh, we're not going to do that. And uh, that's exactly what Eric's talking about, basically, about those of us with epilepsy. Uh, we want out of the closet. We want to be able to uh, uh, function just like anybody else. Yes, we have seizures periodically. Yes, people uh, do have uh, cancer. And yes, people... Uh, do have other medical conditions uh, that require some attention. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, just because we have seizures doesn't mean that we can't function uh, in everyday life activities, and we want to. That is right. That is for sure. So, Tony, uh, what do you think about this walk we have coming up? Well, I think it's fabulous. Uh, I think I, don't, I didn't uh, hear Eric in the very beginning, but... Uh, it's a spectacular uh, success and that we've uh, generally when you start off uh, something new like this, particularly a walk on the mall, that uh, they start off slow and you don't get the number of people participating and the number of people contributing for the walk as uh, we have uh, gotten for uh, the epilepsy walk. So it's a huge success and and Eric and the whole team uh, deserve credit for uh, organizing and, and getting uh, people involved like we have. And, and I'm uh, really excited about it. Uh, I particularly am excited about our young people involved in the whole youth initiative that the Epilepsy Foundation has going for it and our, our youth council and their participation in it and so forth. But it is something that uh, has triggered excitement uh, among uh, those of us with epilepsy from all over the country, uh, and if you're if you're talking to people in the different uh, affiliates uh, in different parts of the country, they're all talking about the walk, inquiring about the walk, and participating in some way uh, regarding the walk. So it's exciting to see it is exactly the type of thing that uh, the foundation needed and. Uh, I applaud the work that uh, Eric and his team are doing in regards to it. And Eric, I guess that this has been quite an event having uh, the author of the ADA but that really lived stigma. Tony really lived this as the chairman of the board. 
Oh, you know, absolutely. I know that you know, uh, you know, Tony's personal experience with uh, you know with epilepsy was uh, was one of the motivators in terms of uh, drafting the ADA. But this was intended for, uh, for you know for uh, all people with uh, you know with disabilities. I'm thrilled that Tony will uh, will be there this Saturday to, uh, uh, to to lead us in the walk. And I think um, you know having um, uh, the walk is going to finish just about uh, two blocks from the Capitol. So I hope that many people coming out sporting epilepsy is going to um, help convey to Congress that one of the things we need uh, to do this year is to restore the ADA to its original intent that Tony and his colleagues in in Congress uh, meant. It it was intended to cover epilepsy, and unfortunately, so many uh, court decisions and Supreme Court decisions have narrowed the scope, and so we are looking to uh, members of Congress to, uh, to basically say, look, we intended to cover people with epilepsy and other disabilities in, in the ADA and set this right. Yes, Tony, I don't think you intended to write yourself out, did you? No, I, I always joke about the fact that uh, the Supreme Court, and I reference to them as the Supremes, uh, Supremes decided that uh, I didn't know what I was doing when I wrote the bill and that I didn't uh, cover uh, people with epilepsy, and so that was not the intent of the Congress. I think if you look at all the testimony uh, that I gave and the uh, comments that all my colleagues knew that that uh, we were uh, putting epilepsy under the ADA and that the intent of myself but all the colleagues, my colleagues who voted for it, was to include uh, people with epilepsy. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, just uh, yesterday, uh, Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner who was chairman of the uh, House uh, Judiciary Committee, uh, Republican, uh, conservative Republican from Wisconsin, um, introduced the uh, uh, restoration of the ADA uh, Act in the last Congress, is uh, re- uh, reintroducing it. He spoke at uh, New York Law School yesterday and uh and Congressman uh, Jerry Nadler, who is chairman of the Constitutional Subcommittee of the House Judiciary Committee, last night agreed to be a co-sponsor. And the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, now under Democratic control, uh, has agreed to uh, be a sponsor of it. Uh, And uh, Steny Hoyer, who is the Democratic House Majority Leader, has agreed to be a co-sponsor. And uh, so we have uh, others who are now joining on board, and uh, Congressman Sensenbrenner uh, said yesterday that he hoped to uh, have the bill passed through the uh, Senate uh, this year, uh, through the House, I'm sorry, through the House of Representatives this year. And uh, we're talking with Senator Harkin and others right now and trying to get it through the Senate, and Congressman Sensenbrenner has agreed to aggressively work on the Republican side uh, to uh, get it adopted on the Republican side. So uh, we are very hopeful that in this Congress, uh, meaning this year and next year, in this Congress uh, we'll be able to get the ADA restored uh, to its original intent and that the Supremes will understand that the Congress did intend to include uh, people uh, with epilepsy and that we will get that taken care of. So we're excited about it. 
uh, we're uh, getting it done, and it uh, and I think we'll be able to accomplish it in this Congress. Well, that is so exciting. That's wonderful, and I I know that Congressman Sensenbrenner has been working very closely with you, as of course, as always, Congressman Hoyer. Well, Tony, thank you so much for calling in, and we will all look forward to seeing you at the walk. Great, Joyce, and uh, I, I think it's great that you and Eric are educating uh, uh, people not only about the walk but so many other things, and I appreciate the job that Eric is doing. So thank you very much. Thanks, Tony. What an honor. What an honor to have Tony Quello call in. Such a great person. He is presently our chair and has been working very closely with Eric, but, you know, you can see what Eric has done just with, um, you know, Tony's reaction, but with this walk, with so much. I really feel, Eric, that we're really making progress in the area of education and the area of, as you say, coming out of the shadows. I really do. Oh, absolutely. You know, Joyce, I think um, I think we need to realize uh, eliminating the stigma, the, you know, that is not going to be uh, accomplished by the Epilepsy Foundation. That's going to be accomplished when people like everyone like you and Tony are willing to be open uh, to, you know, share about their condition. This is a medical condition like any others. The role of the Epilepsy Foundation is to help create an environment where people are much more comfortable doing that, to eliminate the barriers. We want to make sure that uh, epilepsy becomes more of an issue of national focus, whether it's, you know, characters on TV, like we saw Victor Newman on the um, on the CBS um, uh, daytime drama having epilepsy, or um, with Greg Grunberg, who's going to be talking about that at the end of the episodes, uh, each episode of, of Heroes. So whether it's on, you know, national television or things in community newspapers or whether it's entertainment or whether it's news, getting a lot more awareness and attention around epilepsy so people feel more comfortable, you know, talking with, you know, friends, colleagues, and coworkers. Well, Eric, I am sure you have been shocked at, at times, even really astounded when working with young people about their attitude toward people with epilepsy. And I wonder if you could take just a few minutes to talk about the survey conducted by the foundation a few years ago. Sure, and Joyce, what it tells us is we have a tremendous opportunity, but only if we act. You know, what the survey told us, um, we uh, uh, we surveyed more than uh, 20,000 American teenagers uh, who did not have epilepsy about their attitudes. And on the positive side, these young people, you know, did not want to embrace, you know, stereotypes and discrimination of the past. They said, you know, if my friend had epilepsy, he or she should tell me about it. I, I wouldn't treat them any different. I really don't care. It's, you know, it's fine. But unfortunately, when you ask additional questions, you begin to see that, you know, the ignorance about the condition is what creates the stigma. Fifty uh, percent of the young people thought epilepsy might be contagious. Um, you know, 50% thought it might be a mental illness. Very important for this age group. Two-thirds said they wouldn't date someone with epilepsy. So the message was, I want you to be honest. I want you to be open. But, uh, you know, I think you might be crazy. I'm afraid I might catch it, and I sure wouldn't go out with you. So what type of message does that provide to encourage young people to be open about having epilepsy? But where we have an opportunity is those young people who had, you know, just a little increase in baseline awareness. You know, they didn't have to take a whole course and no epilepsy 101. They just needed to know a few key facts. Those behaviors disappeared. 
So the opportunity is with this next generation, if we can increase awareness, if we can get the word out, we can eliminate stigma in this next generation. That is what our organization is committed to do. This is the last generation where people with epilepsy need to face this discrimination and stigma. And that is our goal. I'll tell you what, people live it every day, every day. Just right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, there's a wonderful board member and her young son, uh, about eight years old, has epilepsy, but, you know, he has it ongoing. And what happened to him, he'd been friends with this young man forever, but he found out that when this guy was having some camping thing with his buddies, he didn't want to invite this young man. He didn't want to include him. And when they asked the mother why, they said, well, because he has those seizures. This is what Eric's talking about. can't imagine what that does to a child. When you exclude them just because they have epilepsy. We'll talk more about this when we come back. You have been listening to Eric Hargis, the president and CEO of the National Epilepsy Foundation. This is Joyce Bender, a woman with epilepsy on voiceamerica.com, where disability does matter. We'll be right back. conversation at a click of a mouse voiceamerica.com I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon when I played a DA on NYPD Blue I got all the facts before trying a case yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy there are two and a half million Americans with the condition and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime people with epilepsy want to lead normal lives but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. 
VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you want to tell any of your friends, people with epilepsy, about this show, remember, it is archived on VendorConsult.com and on VoiceAmerica.com. You can go back at any time and listen to this show. Tell everyone with epilepsy about it. I know it would mean a lot to them. Our guest today has been Eric Hargis the president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation. I think we have a caller on the line. Steve, are you on the line? I am on the line, Joyce. How are you? Steve, how are you? I'm I'm very good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. And this is Steve Sabatini, who is the next chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. Steve, thank you for calling in. Did you want to make a comment to Eric, or did you have a question? Um, no, I just would like to make a comment uh, about Eric and about the Epilepsy Foundation. Uh, what a wonderful job uh, that they're doing. As you know, Joyce and Eric, um, I don't have epilepsy, but but I do have uh, and have developed the same passion um, for dealing with this condition as as many people who have it. Um, can't appreciate and understand it as much, but but uh, I'm learning every day, and um, it has become a passion for me. Eric's done a wonderful job at at the foundation. Um, I've been involved with the Epilepsy Foundation for about five years, and and with uh, epilepsy on uh, a more local basis for another five years, so for about a total of ten. And uh, I've just seen. Um, the foundation and its affiliate network uh, grow and become um, uh, more um, involved in the, in the epilepsy community and, and helping people understand what it's all about. I think I heard Tony before and, and uh, Eric talking about the stigma and how people really don't understand it. And they've, we've really come a long way through our, Eric's leadership and the foundation in, uh, in having people uh, understand what this is about and that it is something that people live with every day. When you see someone like Chanda Gunn, you know, earning a bronze medal with epilepsy, I mean, that's we need more people like her to um, to tell their story so so it becomes evident to um, the general public that this is just a condition that is treatable people live with every day and they can contribute to society uh, just as uh, any other person can and uh, i i i would uh, be remiss if i failed to mention the walk which uh, is this saturday and uh, that's very exciting as well and i, I think that's going to go a tremendous long way in really getting the message out. Uh, just in my own little trying to develop a team of people to come down there, I've, uh, I've seen people who um, want to get involved, and, but they don't know how to. And now, now they have a way to get involved. This is something that's easy to do, walking. Uh, Washington's a great city to come to, and they're very excited about getting involved. So I, I, that is just a uh, very creative and and a wonderful way of getting the message out, especially in our nation's capital this weekend. So, you know, again, Eric, I, I think you do a great job, and I enjoy working with you and, and with you as well, Joyce and Tony. Well, we enjoy working with you very much, and 
Um, I look forward to seeing you also this Saturday. Eric, did you have a comment you wanted to make? Well, I was just going to second you with what Steve was saying. He was talking about the accomplishments of women like Shonda Gunn on the uh, women's Olympic hockey team, Alan Fanica, who's a pro guard for the Steelers. But we also, you know, make sure that what we really need to do is to celebrate all the people with epilepsy who are um, succeeding in, in every walk of life, whether it's in business or in school. And if more people will come out and tell their story, uh, I think what we're going to see is in every aspect of life, you've got people with epilepsy uh, succeeding. This is not just something where we want to highlight the celebrities and the, and the pro athletes. And um, doing so is going to be the thing that's going to address and, and change the stigma so that, you know, when people at work know that, you know, the, uh, the woman or the man in the office next door who's doing a great job has epilepsy, and it's just part of who they are. It's just like any other medical condition. It's not defining them. That's why I want to emphasize never use the term epileptic. Don't don't define people by a medical condition. It's a person with epilepsy, just like it's a person with arthritis or diabetes. Oh yes. Person first always. Steve, I want to thank you very much for calling in, but I just want to also thank you for all the contributions you've made uh, to the Epilepsy Foundation and, you know, how much work you put into it. I know I've seen that over these years, and we will also look forward to having you as chair. Well, I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to, um, you know, to do something that's, um, you know, that's helpful to other people. And, it's you know, it's, it's, it's not only I hope to make a difference, um, a little bit of a difference in, in what I've been doing with the Epilepsy Foundation, but, it, you know, it also is very rewarding to myself to be able to feel good about, you know, something that, uh, uh, that I'm doing. And, and the people involved are just wonderful. So it, it's, it, that's an added benefit, uh, in being involved with the Epilepsy Foundation. So I look forward to, uh, uh, to the two years that are coming up. And, uh, I hope in those two years that we can look back and say, uh, in some way, um, the Epilepsy Foundation has moved forward, uh, maybe a little bit further because I got involved and, and that'll be enough reward for me. All right. Well, I'm sure it will. Thank you very much, and thanks for calling in, Steve. You're welcome. See you at the walk. All right. I'll be there. And you can tell from listening to this show how much we are excited about this walk because every one of us uh, ha- have been talking about it, and it is this Saturday. And if you want to know more about it, uh, Eric, what is the website again? Sure. Uh, listeners should go to Walk for Epilepsy. That's walk and then F-O-R, not the numeric for. Walkforepilepsy.org. You can register either for the walk here in Washington or we encourage people to uh, walk uh, in, in their in their communities through the virtual walk. You can walk in anywhere in America or around the world and, and be and be part of this uh, part of this effort. Well, Eric, you know, I have so many things to still ask you, but I have to ask you these two last questions because for the past three and a half years, every guest that's ever been on this show has been asked these two last questions. So first, Eric, you have already obviously accomplished so much in your life, but I wanted to ask you at this time of your life, what accomplishment are you the proudest of? 
Well, it's interesting, Joyce, you know, because we use the term, uh, you know, what, what I've accomplished. And I'm, I'm kind of torn because I always think of it as what we have accomplished. Uh, you know, the Epilepsy Foundation is a family that is made up of staff, of volunteers. You know, the National Board are, you know, our affiliates around the country. And so when I think of accomplishments, you know, I think of what we've done together. You know, at the same time, I really want to emphasize to, you know, to every listener what a difference each individual makes. You know, uh, one individual can accomplish uh, so much. So there's both the we and then, I, you know, I certainly feel, you know, personally, you know, what, what I've tried to do for the Epilepsy Foundation and its mission. You know, and a single accomplishment is is hard, but if I had to identify one thing, you know, and I and I hate to be this practical about it, but this is true for every charitable organization and every nonprofit. And it's the comment is no money, no mission. You know, you may have the best of intentions, but unless you have the resources to carry out the programs and services that people need, so I think the fact that the Epilepsy Foundation has has grown, has has gotten stable, has a good you know base, so that when the board uh, sees opportunities and sees needs and wants to move forward, you know we do have we do have some resources. Now, obviously, we need to do so much more, and that's why this walk and other initiatives are are important. It's not that we're, you know, as, as a board member. You know, we're certainly not flush, but we do, you know, finally have um, a lot of individuals identified who are giving very generous contributions and allowing this board to move forward and invest in research, which we talked about earlier, and some of the programs that are making a difference. As you know, we're national in scope, local in impact, so we're helping in the community and helping across the country. Well, Eric, that is a fact, national in scope, local in impact. How true those words are. Eric, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, I would go back to what I mentioned before, and that is the power of the single individual. You know, we have seen, for example, recently in, in Florida where uh, the, uh, the the state decided to limit the epilepsy drugs that were available for, you know, for people through through Medicaid. There was one passionate family there. Uh, who just would not leave the governor alone until they got it changed. You know, you can make a difference. Uh, I would encourage everyone to speak up, speak out. In fact, the Epilepsy Foundation has a program by that name. Go to our website, uh, epilepsyfoundation.org, and you can sign up. The only thing we ask people to do, speak their mind and uh, say what they believe. And um, it's so important what one individual can accomplish. Oh, yes, that is so true. Eric, as a matter of fact, we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, and today it will be Tony Quello, who says, Work gives us dignity. And that is for all people with disabilities, including people with epilepsy. Go to the walk this Saturday. Make a contribution to the Epilepsy Foundation. Eric, thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you, Joyce. All right, and we'll see you all at the walk. And if you're not there, tune in next week. Disability Matters on voiceamerica.com. See you then. Bye-bye. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.